Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 19th of April 2012. Newcomers, I always suggest at the beginning, rather than pester you all the way through, to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and help yourself to the free audios available for download there because there's so much history involved in, uh, to do with the system we're living in today. It's been here for an awful long time. It's a chameleon, really. It changes its, its shape now and then, its outer appearance, to bring in the new type of system for the managers who run the world. But it's always the same system. And even when the public fall on board with the new agendas to do with greening and sustainability, it's the same boys, same boys at the top, who are simply taking it into an old plan. They're not calling it uh, depopulation. They're not calling it eugenics, etc. And they're not calling it uh, back to really a really a really full implementation of slavery because uh, that would put you off. You wouldn't follow them. You, you wouldn't get all rah-rah and happy about it. So they've got to get you happy about you're doing all, you're all working towards something. Remember what the Green leaders said a long time ago in Britain? And uh, I mean, I read it on the air at the time. But uh, she said that uh, we must get a war situation going, a war, uh, basically on uh, to save the world or, or the habitat, or whatever it would do. And we're all involved. We're all in it together. And, of course, it be taught through schools, uh, right through uh, high school, uh, university levels, and into all businesses as well. That's already happened. They're not going to back off. They're using the carbon con uh, scare tactics as well, global warming, to get the agenda. Actually, it's the best thing they ever thought up to do. Because the ones in the past, you, you had more people with uh, a bit of wisdom that knew they were up to something, up to no good, definitely. And But today, because it's so indoctrinated into the school system, uh, that uh, it's, it's going to be impossible, I think, personally, to, to, to change the direction we're going into. It was planned a long time ago, incredibly well funded by the big foundations, with trillions and trillions of dollars. And I'll even touch on some things tonight to do with the training of change agents, they call them change agents, to change you, you see, the leaders, and how to train the leaders, and of course they even have big courses for leadership training throughout all the so-called world communities. They get on board your councils, they're in your governments, uh, they're all over the place. But when you see big corporations backing all of this, the same corporations that took you through war after war after war, and always seemed to profit, no matter if it was communist, capitalist, or whatever they want to call it. They always made masses of profit. Then you know it's the same darn system again, and uh, you've been had once more. We always fall for the happy face, you know. We're all in it together. Let's, let's suffer together. It's not so bad that way. And save the world. Well, you're at it too. Remember, you can buy the books and discs I've got at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's the only income that there is for me. And it keeps the websites going. And uh, helps to feed me. And um, so, if you want to buy them, go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, personal checks are good, and so are international postal money orders from the post office. And you can use PayPal, send cash. 
across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And straight donations are really, really welcome at this time. But as I say, people always fall for one thing or another. We always follow leaders too. I was watching some documentaries to do with Latin America and how they literally had the population batting between left, right, left, right, left, right through generations. And we're back with more on this topic after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and what was going to be mentioned too was that, uh, as I say, leadership is a thing too. The big boys generally give us the leaders down through the centuries, even for rebellions, and um, it's, it's strange that it's the same monetary system they bring in as they had before, really, uh, from, from rebellions one to the next. Same in Latin America, which is a great example going through the history of it, where there's so many documentaries out there, including uh, talks with this different CIA characters who are involved in creating wars in Latin America, all over Latin America, and deposing governments and putting in their own voice, just like we did in Iraq and Afghanistan and elsewhere. And uh, while at home, they always give the people at home, it doesn't matter what country it is, if it's Britain, US, whatever, Canada, they always give you this different image of the Canadian or the American for, for you to believe in, if you live in the countries, where you're really good people and, and nice and decent, etc. And, and meanwhile, you've got armies all over the planet slaughtering folk. And big corporations are quite openly working hand-in-hand hand with them, and even in the pre-planning stages of the attacks, to grab the resources that the countries uh, have. And um, it's just astonishing how we fall for it time and time again. But at home as well, they always give you a vision for, for a century or a vision for the next 20 years, like Vision 20 or so. And you have all these visions, you see, and people jump on board. The, the, the kind of happy-go-lucky types, the ones that are really hyper-optimistic, they like to be on stage talking down to other people. They're the ones who run into it and take the courses so that they can talk down to you and spread their enthusiasm, you see. And... Um, they all take the motivational courses, which is all part of, of their indoctrination. And the job is that they go back into society and get into leadership positions. Actually, they're helped into leadership positions, even from the most pettiest to the, to the highest. And then their job is to indoctrinate you. It's just astonishing to watch this over and over and over again with different movements down through the ages. When the eugenic society was really openly advocating slaughtering, uh, you know, they had wonderful names for slaughter, of course, especially when they add medicine to it as well. Then uh, they openly advocated slaughtering lots and lots and lots of people, the ones who were unfit, they claimed. Unproductive is another one. And um, uh, even the Nazis used that as well. The Soviets were quiet about it, but the same thing was happening there, uh, even on a bigger scale, because they were quiet about it and nobody talked about it. Plus, there was an agreement, you see, that, that because the Soviet system had been an ally, you, you couldn't criticize them in any way, or shape, or form. But really, uh, what, what does it mean to be unproductive? Eh? And uh, this is where it's going today as well, under sustainability. Oh, we're going to have food shortages. Can we feed everyone? Well, if we can't feed everyone, as they claim, you see, or they try, they try to pretend, uh, then who goes first? Who do you start killing off first? 
We already have doctors and abortionists coming out openly saying we should start killing the children about the age of three, or at least up to the age of three. We lived through this without a, without a yawn, you know. And that would have been caused in itself a rebellion uh, 50 years ago, even uh, 100 years ago, utter rebellion. Because they knew darn well, having a little bit more smarts and less GMO and uh, less vaccinations, they knew uh, that, that the elite always had something nasty up their sleeves whenever they came down with a smiley face. And today we're so dumbed down, it's, it's just incredible, because you understand the technique of dumbing people down is so perfected today. It's so perfected today with these uh, psychologists, uh, neurologists, neuroscientists, all working together on how, here's how the brain works and here's how you affect this part and that part. Here's how you present something to children in a way that they will definitely remember without thinking critically about it because children have a hard time thinking critically about something that they've not, they're not old and wise enough to realize that the world is full of scams all the time. You'll see scams in every newspaper article every day of the week. But the children don't know, and so you're trusting, you see. You you take what the teachers say. They're given toolkits to brainwash the children. Every teacher across the planet starts off with the same word and ends with the same word uh, because it's all in the curriculum, which is handed out to them, generally through uh, the World Educational Authorities from the United Nations, basically. So we're under constant attack for your mind. It's a war for the mind, remember. It's constant, it's, it's incessant, it's loud, and it comes under many guises. From, from the ones, we can get this bunch in if we put these programs on television uh, aimed at you know, the mushy stuff. That will get lots of the women in you know, who will go for the emotional parts of it. And um, and then we can try and get the guys in by by getting bunches of guys to work together on gardening projects and do a series on that type of thing and, and get them to talk about saving the world through grow, growing turnips and carrots. Meanwhile, the big boys, like everything else they have done, the ones who own the entire system of money across the planet and loans to every nation and who hold everybody's debt as well, they own the planet. These characters have, have, they own the food supply of the world. They put all the farmers out, not all, but a vast majority of small farmers out of business. The ones that could help you get through depressions are gone, either through legislation or, or, or government interference until they just up and move, or they're cut off because they can't sell their goods because they're prohibited from selling their stuff on the market, even the local market. Because, you see, Big money is in the business of monopolization. It doesn't tolerate competition. Rockefeller said that competition is a sin. So what do they do? Oh, please stop competing with us. Oh, no. They make sure that you're out of business. Rockefeller boys, remember, were gangsters when they started. They still are gangsters today. They don't have to use the heavy hand anymore to to blow up other people's oil fields. They simply use armies to do it. That's how the world really is. But for the nice and nicey people who are brought up with television and the comedians and all that, they can't get their heads around that. They cannot do it. They can't do it. They don't realize that the vast majority of the world's elites started off as mass murderers and utter crooks, gangsters. And then gangs got together and consolidated their power 
And then you end up with having governments. Same, same descendants, same type of people. And they do bring fresh blood in if you, if you show the right qualifications and give them a resume of slaughter, mayhem, conniving, and very, and being very cunning. They might bring you up and use you then, you see. But that's the reality of the world. And in every nation they have the same people, the psychopathic types. Every single nation on the planet follows the same process. And it doesn't matter if you start off again after a rebellion, in no time at all, the same boys are back in place running the same system with a different face on, a different mask. They run the wars. They profit off all sides during world wars. Carl Quigley talked about the, the, the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a Royal Institute of International Affairs, uh, impetus in creating World War One and Two. They were agitating while they were already that they'd created a, a fake war against the Boers, claiming the Boers attacked them, and quickly from their own records goes through the whole process of how they got the Boer War going. It, the Boers didn't attack anybody initially. It was this bunch set in by Cecil Rhodes, uh, with a bunch of mercenaries who attacked the Boers. They brought their own reporters from the Times with them to, to telegraph a story to London, saying, oh, the Boers have attacked a slaughtering English folk. And then Britain, of course, naturally went in with the troops, you see. And before you know it, you had concentration camps. And they were the first, they were called concentration camps. Where thousands and thousands of Boers and their children died. And during that period, they were hard at work with the press because they owned the press in quite a few countries by then. The Times of this and the Times of London, Times of India, Times anywhere is one of theirs. And um, the New York Times, of course. And uh, they were agitating for war with Germany years before, many, many years before it happened. In the late 1800s, they wanted a world war with Germany. And out of that, they hoped at that time even to get a European Union when everyone was, was vanquished and on their knees and starving. They almost did get it then. And after it happened, and they didn't get countries to give their sovereignty, the big Propagandists like H.G. Wells said, oh, it didn't work. We'll have to get another world war before the public will get on their knees and give up the ghost and give up their countries. It's just astonishing the public don't know it. And then Winston Churchill's own personal secretary is writing his diaries and his memoirs. And while Winston was telling people to go off and fight to save their culture and all that kind of stuff and slaughter the enemy, uh, he was telling his own peer group at night parties, nightly parties they had, where they sloshed the brandy down. Uh, he was telling them, he says, this is great. He says, out of this we'll get a, a long, uh, um, long-witted upon dream, he says, fulfilled of a united Europe. If they'd told the British folk then that throughout this, uh, this war will come a united Europe under a government, a different government, a foreign government, really, it's a new thing, they wouldn't have gone to war. You can't win, you understand, by fighting their game, by going along with what they want you to do. doesn't work. doesn't work. And you'll never get the truth from governments as to what they're up to. They're not in the business of being transparent. When they talk about transparency, they're talking about frosted glass in a bathroom. That's what they're talking about. Because there's only one agenda across the world. And at the very top, you have the banking boys, who basically appoint the heads of all the central banks they own. 
And from then on down, then you get down to, to prime ministers and politicians. But no, above that's the banking boys. They hold the key. And no one dare change the system. It's never worked over the centuries where they plundered you twice a year, twice a century. It's never worked. And nothing's ever done to stop it from happening again. And they go through farces where they've plundered you more and more forever by, oh my goodness, we've got to bail out the whole of Europe forever and ever. Amen. And they go along with this farce when there's not one thing published for the general public to show them where their money's actually going. Oh, your taxes are going up and up and up. Got to plug this hole, the black hole of Europe. Got to plug it. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix talking about the system and how we're fooled at every turn. And uh, the elite simply, like, like chameleons, change their color once in a while and give you what you think is a brand new system and a promise of a heaven down the road, always future utopias. And they hit on a winner when they came up with the idea of global warming at the Club of Rome, the think tank that was given the task of finding some excuse to basically bring in a totalitarian system across the world and get everyone to give up their rights and increase vastly the amounts of bureaucrats and, uh, and government agencies that will come around literally running your life in a microscopic fashion. So it's working very well, as I see, because there's so much money out there, so many organizations, all from the same sources, though, different names, pushing the same thing, getting funding from the same foundations, and they're getting the children into it and people with too much time on their hands as well. But also, remember, this goes back, the system goes back uh, even before they formed the, the Cecil Rhodes Foundation and before they had the Milner Society. They were simply, the Milner Society was simply uh, the, the next generation of an already existing society. These guys have been at this for an awful, awful long time. And when they have their archives, like Quigley had access to, I mean, that's not for everybody to understand. It's a very rare occasion a person is admitted to see the archives. And here's the whole, whole alternative history to the world. To the world. The battles of the past, the battles of the present, the battles of the future, and all the techniques they've got planned to keep us all in check so that they can live in comfort at the top. But they must always guide the general population. They are the good shepherds and we are the buying sheep. Basically, that's really how it's, it's spoken about at the top. They don't explain things to us, they say, because, you see, we're too stupid to comprehend uh, the importance of what they're saying. So they just go ahead and do things. You have no idea. At the t- you really have no idea. Especially the TV watchers who watch lots of dramas and movies and where people are, are pretty good. There's always the obvious bad guy, and he's very obviously a bad guy. But everybody else is pretty well good and decent and all the rest of it. That's what they give us. To make sure that you think that way. That the odd bad guy is really odd indeed. Very unique. Now, the combination of the Milner Group and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, formed under a, a royal charter. In other words, it was, it was anointed from the top to go ahead. Because they're all on it too. And, 
again, through wars, etc., they would take the whole world over and get the countries into massive debts they'd never get out of. And because of the, the heft they would have over the monetary system and the debt system, they could basically dictate the terms of how the peasants should live. And um, they've done awfully well so far. Now, they also wanted a united Europe uh, uh, because they, they really loved Karl Marx too. They set him up and funded him. And they actually funded Trotsky as well and a whole bunch of revolutionaries that went over to the Soviet system to get that one taken over. And they've put their own guys across the whole planet, in China too. They're on China. And China didn't pull itself up by its bootstraps by any means. It was done through the World Trade Organization and treaties, and we funded them to come up and gave them the expertise and even put our factories over there to even make machinery for them. So they could then sell stuff at the same price to us, but made for pennies, basically, for the, and the, the workers get fractions of pennies over there. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this article here, it's to do with this black hole in Europe where they throw the money at. Now that we're all, after all the lies, how great it was going to be for everyone, would all benefit, and they showed you all these little pictures and all their brochures of smiling happy faces, as always. And look what it is today. They're still giving you happy faces, but I don't know where those folk live. Maybe Switzerland. But anyway, it says, the UK has already pledged £29.5 billion to this new fund, uh, another fund for, for the International Monetary Fund. Now, remember that was set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs boys and the Milner Group a long time ago with the intent of getting every country into massive debt, lending money, and then the IMF would come in and be the big collector agency with a heavy hand over nations. No people, just a few people, but over entire nations. And that's how it lives. Massive interest, too. It's not cheap to get a loan from them. And they get the loan again from the World Bank. It's other private collective that also gets money from us, too, to keep it going. This is an increased incentive for the guys to work there, I guess. So the, the UK has already gone so it's put in already to, the, to this. And every country has put money into this. Oh, oh Italy's going down now. Oh, oh, Spain's going down again. We've got to go put money into Spain and... And it's one after the other, you're constantly bailing them out. As the standard of living plummets across every country in the euro. And well, well naturally it does because the tax and the blazes out of everybody. Control is control. There's many ways to control people. They can control how much you, you can afford to eat. They can, in a post-consumer society, they can actually enforce how much you can afford to buy. They make everything so expensive. But you'll have to still buy the essentials. They own the food industry. They have their marketing chains across the planet for groceries. And they can influence in so many different ways as well. So here's another 29.5 billion to the fund, 5.5 billion, which has gone into the Eurozone rescue scheme. What, what, what a rescue this is. This is the worst rescue in, in history. I mean, you think they make movies about it, like guys falling down crevasses and things and and, and, and people heroically going down to try and save them. But with a black hole, you see, you can't get anywhere. You, oh, it's gone. It went through the other side of the black. It's just gone from view, you see. That's what they tell you. But I thought that the Chancellor, that's the guy in charge of the Treasury, will agree to add more money to help the IMF go from $400 billion to around $1 trillion. Amazing, isn't it? And in democracy, the public say nothing. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system. It's always the same system under different guises, but it's always the same system. And how they bring you into con after con after con. By always showing you a utopia, if you just work towards it, and and next thing you know there's a crisis, and before you know it you're bankrupt, and they're all bankrupt. And even when you're bankrupt, you're borrowing money from the World Bank to to borrowing you at high interest rates to throw into this black hole to save each other. It's, what a con this is. And it's worked so well because the countries haven't rebelled in any fashion at all. And it says, uh, it says it's never thought the chance would agree to add more money to help the IMF go from $400 billion to around a trillion dollars. The government is able to commit the extra $10 billion without a vote in Parliament. Isn't that just awfully neat? Isn't it? Without a vote in Parliament, but Mr. Osborne said the UK will only dish out the cash or extra cash if there were no new vehicles or funds specific to the Eurozone, whatever that means. He also said there would be no deal unless all major non-European countries signed up to give more. Everybody in the world is paying up for this thing. This is all bar the US, that is, after Treasury Secretary Tim Geithner said the US would not pledge any more money until the Eurozone added sufficient funds to its bailout scheme. So they all sort of bolster each other. Or oh, you'll have to screw the people even more uh, before we get in on the act of screwing our folk at home. That's what it is. It was a blow to IMF Managing Director Christine Lagarde who told The Telegraph last week she was hopeful we'll make progress this week. Progress is just filling the coffers of some private individuals. Because, as I say, no one's ever, ever come up and said, here's, where the, here's the money your, your country's borrowing, here's what we've, we've thrown at the Eurozone, and here's where it went. And they're still doing it. They're still doing it. It's like a, a sacrifice to Moloch, you know. It's like, being, it's like being told that every gardener must dig up his veggies and throw it into a black hole to satisfy this, this God. Same thing. And, and you hope one day, you know, that the God burps and, and, and everything's back to, to what you think is normal. You can keep a few veggies for yourself. This is what they call advanced civilization. Advanced. Hmm. And once you're up to the hawk and up with the IMF, uh, they, they run your hawk. They actually come in because you sign agreements when they sign, when the PM sign on and... and President sign on to it that they will take over and start deciding where you must cut in your own countries. And the hospital systems across Europe are just plummeting. That's the first place they always cut. And um, this article here too is to do with privacy. So the Prime Minister defended a series of proposals which have angered civil rights campaigners by saying they were unnecessary for the UK's defence. And Justice Secretary Kenneth Clark said, while well, he shares some of the concerns hearing involving national security cannot be allowed to take place in public if that means lives would be lost. He spoke out after Deputy PM Nick Clegg said he could not support the proposals in their current form. He says that there are vague predictions and spurious assertions. In reality, the plans are a radical departure from long-standing traditions of open justice. Well, we never had open justice because everything's decided before the court sits, actually between the lawyers and the judges in the back room. 
the whole day, uh, all the cases that it's all decided in advance, which should only ever be used when public disclosing material would carry a real risk of harm to national security. What they want to do is bring in basically silent and private courts. You, you can't get into them to see what's happening, which totalitarian systems always use. Uh, nobody's allowed, no visitors allowed, no journalists allowed, and, uh, and they can't even talk about what happened inside of it once it's finished by law. And he wants also to take even more power to, to, and, and that means more money as well, to monitor all the emails and all the internet and see what everyone's looking at and so on, which of course they hand up to their bosses who do all the motivational techniques by using your data and how to motivate you. So it says, um, draft legislation is expected next month's Queen's speech which we propose allowing the government's listening centre, GCHQ, to access information from emails and internet use on demand without a warrant. But Downing Street said only data, times, dates, numbers and addresses would be accessible and not content, which is absolute lies. They've already told us before that they've taken the content <laughs> from emails for years, but now, of course, with this new drastic one, oh, they're not going to be doing that. They just want to know when you fax so-and-so or or emailed so-and-so. This is the, again, what you're all living towards. The same guys are all for greening programs, sustainability, and the big corporations that run them all. Uh, here's a, a great uh, form of blackmail, though, because I mentioned a week or so ago uh, that uh, they're going to force people in Britain to so-called, uh, uh, you know, if you want a window or when you build something in your home, you must get permission there. But even replacing the window is coming down to and you can't buy glass, you see, unless you've got government approval, little chitty in your hand, uh, which costs you cash, of course. And if you want to build anything, and they bring in the, the engineers that do an environmental impact study, you pay for each one. I think it's five grand here in Canada for one, just to get one before you can move into your house. And, uh, and then any repairs, of course, have to be authorized as well. But it's going even further now, and this will catch on elsewhere, you see, because all the big uh, hardware corporations are just that, massive corporations like Walmart and, and etc. Do-it-yourself firms allowed to send staff into homes and push their own products in, in the Green Deal scheme. So B&Q, I guess that's their version of Bill Doll or something, staff are to be allowed to enter homes, decide how to make them more energy efficient, and they'll then sell their own green products to householders under a new government scheme. And it says, um, the DIY giant is one of a number of businesses set up to reap multi-million profits from the new Green Deal. Oh, it's so wonderful. This greening this is so great for massive, massive wealthy people. It makes them even more stinking rich. Which will see homeowners borrow up to £10,000 to fit boilers, that's your heating, they call it your heating water, insulation, double glazing, doors, and other eco-friendly feet. This eco-friendly stuff ain't so friendly, is it, to your wallet? However, there will be fears that private sector energy assessors employed by B&Q and other firms may exaggerate the measures needed in the property to maximize their profits. The same things, of course, that they did with the car industry, especially when the ones who sold the cars, the firms that sold them, uh, made them impossible to be fixed by small garages, basically with all this special equipment for each car that they made. And the government also passed the MOT bill at the same time. That was the Minister of Transportation, which meant you had to get it examined every year for this particular test and pay it through the nose. And the garages were hauling in the money. If you had a tiny needle hole prick in your, the bottom of your car, that might not have been there before they looked at it. 
Um, and you have, to, you have to fix that as well. So now it's your home as well. See, yeah, technically you own nothing. Or if you own it, you can't use it. Or if it's a house, you can't live in it. Until they ring out every single penny that they, they can possibly ring out of you. Folk are quite happy with these situations. They adapt quickly to them too. It's astonishing, isn't it? I remember a guy I knew and his family, and they, they bought a car. They were from another country. Uh, they bought what they could afford or use one. And I, I checked it all out and it was, it was, it was fine. You know, fixed the brakes. I've been working just great and so on and so on. And the lights working. And, uh, it went to the first garage and they said, Oh, there's a pinprick under the, under the floorboards. And, uh, that could let CO2 in or, or, or carbon monoxide it was, not CO2. And, uh, they wanted to, they said they'd pay uh, about $200, $300 for the repair. And uh, again, the fee on top to be re- retested. So I says, forget that. I says, on the way to another garage, I got some chewing gum put underneath. I had some uh, black rubber under seal there, and I sprayed it over it, and it passed without a problem. But, but this is the lens you have to go to. This is what you have to go to to try and, and feed yourself these days. Britain knows about that because they've been at this game for a lot longer. So here they are now with uh, your home. You can't fix anything in your home without special approval. Engineers come in. Canada, you can't buy buy oil to heat yourself in the winter without the up-to-date certificate from the government, from a government agent that comes around and inspects it. And if he says, oh, it needs this or that, same as your car, same thing. Oh, I can't allow you. I can't give you a buy oil deal or, or, or chitty. You must show to the oil guy each time you fill up for, for, for that, for, for oil. Pure blackmail. And their big boys profit and it gives all this work to the, their government agencies. But more than that, it's getting you trained that you have no rights whatsoever. And each time you cave into any of these deals, you're just, you're just really reinforcing that upon yourself and your children. You do what you're told and pay up and cough up. The, the thing's never really changed. It's just the, you know, change it from this to that, do that instead. And the way it goes. I'm also putting up dramatic sea ice increase. So why, uh, why so many dramatic drops, but never dramatic rises? Because what happens in the North Pole is that the ice goes up so high. It's just like your fridge, if the old fashioned fridges, you'll see I've got one of them here. And you open the door and the, the thing's creeping out, out, strike outside the door. It's just expanding and expanding and eventually it breaks off. Well, that's how it happens in the sea as well. And that's why you get all these icebergs everywhere. So I put this, this article to do with massive rises in ice, of course. But uh, the media don't want to talk about that. They still want you to think that it's all barren and sunny up there and that polar bears are dying. Everything is deception, you understand. Another article, too, is uh, foreclosure frenzy. Bank of America sues Bank of America. There were so many subsidiary companies that end up suing themselves over it. It's a feeding frenzy trying to grab these mortgages for peanuts, you see, right now. So they're suing each other, all the big banks, even when it's themselves. And they won't lose suing themselves in a subsidiary company. They have all these lawyers working the, with them that uh, have fixed that all up with the politicians at the top. Another article, too, is the Guardian Reader's Dream. The Guardian's all left-wing and all greeny, etc. And... Um, Occasionally I'll give you a decent story about what's really happening, but the, the, the whole agenda is to push the greening thing, which is the worst kind of imprisonment you can possibly imagine. It truly is. 
So I put up this up tonight, and it's called Humanity's Nightmare, but the Guardian Reader's Dream. And I've seen it up there before on the internet. I think I put it up a few years ago, and it's called Planned Opolis. And uh, you can see through this cartoon stuff they're putting out in ads, I think they're, they're running in Britain for years, what's coming to America and every other country as we sign your, your bosses sign uh, integration, integration, and integration legislation. We're all going to be the same across the planet. But it doesn't hold much back. It makes all the worst kind of things sound so happy and wonderful in this totally controlled society. Now, a hacking expert, David Chalk, joins urgent call to halt the smart grid. This is a 100% certainty of catastrophic failure of the energy grid within three years. The vulnerability of the energy industry's new wireless smart grid will inevitably lead to lights out for everyone, according to leading cyber expert David Chalk on an online interview for an upcoming documentary film called Take Back Your Power. Chalk says the entire power grid will be at risk to being taken down by cyber attack, and if installations continue, it's only a matter of time. I mean, it's true, they can actually put Trojans in your meter and everything else. I'm sure the guys who own them will do that too, to up their prices. Say, oh, according to our readings, you've had, you've used so many megawatts of electricity, etc. But you know, I was reading two in one, uh, again, Latin American country, uh, where they have to be very, very inventive if they want to feed themselves and live. Uh, they're already, if you have a home, you can pay some guys to come round. There's teams of them going round. They bought the equipment that actually programs these computers, and it's a little infrared deal they put up to it, and um, they can really cut down your, your power consumption, uh, at, at least on, on, on what's been sent back to the ones who own it. And they got the software as well off the internet. I mean, there's an innovation for you too. They won't get innovation prizes, I'm sure, but that's innovation for you. But if it's that easy to do, you can imagine how it can be done to you uh, by, you know, some locals or even guys in different countries if they want to, but definitely even by the power meter guys themselves. Oh, you can't argue with that. See, that's a computer, and it's got a whole record there, a whole month's record. I never used that. Oh, it did. You can't, a computer can't lie. So, it says, uh, we're in a state of crisis. It says, the front door is open. There's no lock to be had. There's not a power meter or device in the grid that is protected from hacking, if not already infected, with some sort of Trojan horse that can cause the grid to be shut down or completely annihilated. And it says, one of the most amazing things that's happened to mankind in the last hundred years is the Internet. It's given the possibility beyond our wildest imagination, but we also know the vulnerabilities that exist inside of it. And when we have the backbone, the power grid that covers our nations... Uh, and he says, uh, and those two are coming together. It's the smart meter in your home or business is now allowing that connectivity. You know, so it's, it's a challenge to governments, media and technology producers to show him one piece of digital technology that is hack-proof. Well, I'm sure it exists within uh, the, the higher upper echelon uh, that have names you have never heard of. Way above the CIA and so on. There'll be private ones as well. But... Um, yeah, what they give to you is hack-proof, and they want it that way, I think. They actually want it to be able to be hacked. Just that your computer can be hacked by government, that's a law. You can't sell a computer in Canada or the States without having at least four or five backdoors for government agencies to enter any time they wish. That is law. So. And I'm also putting up a link tonight, too, to Sir Jeremy Greenstock, who is chairman of the UN Association of, in the UK and chairman of the strategic advisory company 
Gatehouse Advisory Partners. He was a career diplomat from 1969 to 2004, developing specialization in the Middle East, transatlantic relations in the United States, served as political director in London from 1996 to 1998, political director. He was a UK ambassador to the UN in New York from 98 to 2003, the period which covered the 9-11 and the Allied invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq. From 2001 to 3, he was chairman of the Security Council's Counterterrorism Committee. He was the UK special envoy for Iraq from 2003 and 4. So he's way up there with a conning bunch. And it says he's a member of the IPPR Commission on National Security in the 21st Century. And but this article here is all to do about you know um, power uh, and all what they expect in the, sh- the shortages in the future, which they'll create and different things and lots of greening stuff as well. Lots of greening stuff as well. But uh, I'll put this link up about Jeremy Greedstock. These guys that somehow rocket to fame from obscurity, supposedly, just like the present Canadian uh, Bank of Canada boss, who from out west in Canada came apparently. His daddy was a school principal. And I know back in the 60s, they were not getting anywhere near the kind of money they get today, even, uh, even accounting for inflation. But he sent all three sons to Harvard from, a, from a, a paycheck like that? I don't think so. There's always something else there, eh? Something else you just know. Uh, but now they're so good with internet, you pay a company, they'll take everything down they don't want up there. All the big boys do it. And special people now, of course, uh, and even a few years ago, they, they have the governments themselves that scrub nasty stuff about you, off, and including where you live and all that kind of stuff. It's gone. Because they're special, privileged people. VIPs back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, and one article I put tonight was a PDF, and it's from. It's to do with uh, the great transition. You see, you see the terms all over. There's a great vision. There's a great transition. There's a whole bunch of terms put out by the same same people as, as they train members of the public to dominate you in the new Soviet system. That's really what all this is about, you understand. And then the bankers will still go on with their banks at the top and, and run all the country's cash. But it says, our planet can no longer support the demands humanity makes on it at the WWF, World Wildlife Fund, we're working to build a future in which people in nature thrive. You're going to thrive in this wonderful utopia within their, their fair share of our planet's resources. He said, everyone according to their means, according to Lenin, right? Within their fair share of our planet's resources. To achieve this, we are focusing on three big challenges. Safeguarding the natural world, tackling climate change is everything. Without climate change, they'd fall flat in their face with everything, understand? It's all nonsense, but as long as they keep prattling on about it, and paying well-known faces to come out on television and, and promote it, then and teach it in schools, it's going to be believed. You don't have, you can't, unless you had your own system of television companies across the planet just pumping out the propaganda to, to end it, the anti-propaganda. Uh, then you don't have a, a leg to stand on because every government is on board as, as they are with taxing out your homes and everything else with this agenda. Because it's the big boys' agenda, the big international corporations, the OC, you are attending all these world meetings and donating cash to it. So it says the natural change product is part of the WWF Scotland's work on changing the way we live, but it also supports our work on tackling climate change and safeguarding the natural world. Eh? 
as they go across the planet leaving depleted uranium made by the same corporations that attend these, these WWIF meetings. <laughs> People are really stupid, I'm sorry to say, but, but most folk are awfully stupid when, they, when they, they just go for the information. So it's called social change, and it talks about, again, training teachers and so on as change agents. They're all using the open term now. They used to hide the term, except for their own texts. Text uh, but here it's out in the mainstream, their own sites. So through social change, through outdoor experience, they'll give you six, I think, months of training. And you walk around by yourself and you sit under a tree and I guess you, you get a Buddha experience. And suddenly you're a greenie and you know better than other people how the world should be run. And they present you with a whole toolkit and how to do it in your own community, how to get onto the board of the council. Even if you're not elected, you get appointed to it, you see. And school boards to make sure the right curriculum is properly taught. You go around like a little stasi operator and listen to the teachers with their toolkits brainwash the children. You see. So I'll put this link up as well because there's quite a few of them on this. But yeah, they actually say in some of these articles here that it's to do with change agents to change by motivational techniques. They say, uh, Skinnerian techniques. Change the whole population of the planet, including have the children eventually come home and, and brainwash the parents. We nag in the parents, but don't do, don't throw that away, you know, etc. And don't use so much water when you have a shower. In a country where you've got swamps everywhere and, and lakes everywhere, like Canada, the, the mosquitoes testify to that. But it doesn't matter, it's the same agenda for everyone. And in Orwellian fashion, they convince anybody in the middle of a thunderstorm and a a monsoon-type rain coming down, they convince you that it's, oh, it's a very rare thing to have rain. No memory, you see. Folk have no memory. And then they don't trust themselves. Well, maybe my memory is faulty. All these experts can't be wrong. The end products, folks, is a totally controlled, Sovietized-type society on behalf of the international bankers who own you all and the military-industrial complex. A more perfected system of slavery, that's what Charles Galton Darwin says. From Hamish from South Frontier, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, and your God's go with you.